With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Welcome to the darker side of the after show. This is season three, episode number nine, the penultimate after show, Luke. We are back for the second to last after show, and I am very excited to be talking to you about Chuck Webner, the real life Rocky Balboa, the probably one of the uh, stories that got me into this sport just as a casual viewer to, to what boxing was growing up as a child. And we always have these overarching themes for each show that we cover. And I feel like this week it's kind of going to be one where we reminisce and, and recollect a lot on what our childhoods was like growing up around influences like the Rocky franchise. And, and you know, it's crazy really because I never knew there was a story behind Rocky Balboa uh, until I got to sort of my teens and then covering this story with Johnston uh, for for Chuck Webner, it just really didn't seem to me like we got everything really out of that story that, you know, I kind of wanted. And I look look back on the Rocky films and I think, yeah, they were great and they they, they were what they were, but Chuck Webner's story is just so much more than that, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, I think that for me, my experience was my grandpa was older and we watched an ESPN 30 for 30 on Chuck Wepner. And my assumption of Rocky Balboa was that it was based off a of Rocky Marciano, a fighter that my grandfather absolutely adored. And I just assumed that Rocky Marciano was Rocky Balboa. So I remembered that the hype for that show was here's the real Rocky. And it got me sucked in because I'm like, who the freak is this guy? 
And who is this guy indeed? And this story that we've covered for the Dark Side of Boxing certainly tells you all about Chuck Webner in his early difficult beginnings, like many a boxer we've covered before for this show. But, you know, he, he had some moments and he came from absolutely nothing and made a career out of being such a tough, durable opponent and eventually getting that rocky story, which was obviously the moment he gets to fight with Muhammad Ali, which you know, I think is... Uh, in the grand scheme of things, was was a kind of just and deserved moment for someone who arguably was a, a loyal servant to the sport of boxing. And, you know, we look at Chuck Webner's career and, and, and what it's based upon, and you think about it, he was the New Jersey State heavyweight champion for a long, long period of time, but he never really won any major accolades in the sport, but because of his inspirational character, him as an individual and his life and everything that he, he goes on to do within the sport and outside of the ring. And he, he created this, this figure that was able to be inspiring for someone like a Sylvester Stallone, who was looking for a big break in the movie industry. And lo and behold, we got the Rocky Balboa franchise and, you know, look how, how much that has made, you know, made billions. That That is one of them franchises that will live on long past we're gone. I mean, it started before we were born and yet it'll surpass us even when we're gone. It is one of them franchises that is going to be timeless. No matter which era you watch this film in or you pick these movies up in, it's timeless. And all that was about this man, about Chuck Webner, about a guy who just went through his life like any other person did and yet... It's just been so glamorised because of it. But then, in this story, Luke, here, we get a, a moment where, obviously, Chuck didn't really anticipate how big this was going to become. And ultimately, he just said, yeah, do you know what? I'll take a, a, a wad of money, which equated to around $70,000, which was like a, a flat fee. And the, the movie franchise goes on to make like over $1 billion in its time. And yet poor Chuck didn't didn't get anything until he had to go and do a lawsuit with Sylvester Stallone and ultimately get his settlement out of court. But God, I can't even imagine how he must have been feeling after like the first couple of films going into the, the, the 80s when things started to really pick up and the franchises getting into its fourth and fifth film just became a global phenomenon. Well, and I think to add a little US context, when I think of this story... I also think of the time in America and that I could be a different person where I always always like when I think of a movie like Fight Club, I think of like a lot of predominantly white men angry that they're not getting these badass jobs that they were promised. So what do we get? We have our culture as Limp Biscuit and Rage Against the Machine. And we have a movie about an alter ego of like American Psycho of a man dreaming to kill other people. And it's this male aggression lashing out, right? So the art is kind of speaking to an undertone of aggression in that era, at least to me. For this, it was like Jersey Shore, Party Guys, Jersey area. And Chuck Wepner felt like the grandfather to these kids that are doing Jersey Shore. Like he felt like he was the spiritual predecessor. Well, he certainly knew how to party, didn't he? That, that was one thing we took away from this story. He certainly know how to party. He certainly love the ladies. And yeah, you're probably right. He's like the original Jersey Shore guy. Like You look at him and you, you look at that MTV show and, and how that's progressed over the numerous years that it's been out there and, and how people love watching this reality show. You know, Chuck Webber was living that life. He was living the life of Jersey Shore. He was out there. He was 
doing what he was doing. He, you know, he was revered. His celebrity status came as a result of his actions in the ring, and and it was mad, really, to think like when you make a, a modern day comparison to like a Chuck Webner, and I think of someone like a Derek Chisora in the UK. I think of someone like him as. He reminds me of like a Chuck Webner in, in sort of his style as well, his style of fighting and, you know, the fact that he goes in and he fights all these great heavyweights of, of the time, which is what Derek Chisora has practically done. And then he gets more of a celebrity status as a result of it. I don't think Chisora has kind of got to the level of a Webner because look what Webner did. He inspired a movie out of it. He inspired a full franchise out of it. But Derek Chisora is like, if I think of a modern day equivalent, that would be that would be it for me. It'd be like a Chisora who fights everybody in the heavyweight division, gets a little bit of celebrity status. He's known for, for, for being somebody who's a really tough opponent and you know who, who would take any fighter in the heavyweight division rounds and, and give him a certain test that they needed at that level and I think Webner was that guy as a boxer as well who you know he was a difficult customer but he was limited in a lot of ways with it with his with his style and his skills but his heart and determination was second to none and I'm wondering do you have any other modern day comparison other than like a Derek Chisora Luca I mean maybe Gabe Rosado like yeah. I don't know about his outside the ring life but like it's like I think of when I think of Chuck Webner I think of being the bleeder you know, like that's part of the story is he's going to bleed and he's going to be a warrior. And it's like when you say, right, we're going to we're not doing a preview show, but for some of the other boxing entertainment I do, which, you know, whether people choose to see it or not, whatever. Zordo Ramirez is fighting Gabe Rosado. And part of when you do a preview or analysis is you bring up, well, Gabe's fought everybody and he bleeds a lot. And I feel like that would be kind of what we would say if Wepner was fighting. Well, he fights everybody and he bleeds a lot. So that's kind of where I would assume. But yeah, Gabe Rosado isn't like as revered, is he really? As, as like a Chuck Webner, I think really, if you take away the Rocky franchise from Chuck Webner and, and, and his inspiration into that, where do you then see him? Because he doesn't become that celebrity, does he? He doesn't really get that same recognition, really, like as what he has. I mean, there's a statue up there of him now. There's a statue of him because of his inspiration to 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 the movie industry with the rocky character and the fact that he essentially puts new jersey on the map as a result of his celebrity status so you know there's there's not many guys at that level who could share the ring with top champions and contenders and maybe come up short a lot of the time and essentially be like a uh, a gatekeeper in the heavyweight division and yet, still, he gets more recognition than for his inspiration and what he's done than some guys that are naturally more talented of fighters who who may actually achieve a little bit more accolades wise than a Chuck Webner. But it's his cultural, it's his cultural influence for me that has done it. That has what's got him this recognition. Which is think of like a Jake Lamotta, for example. A Jake Lamotta is another guy before Webner's time who. You know, he wasn't the greatest fighter in the world. He was very much a fighter like a Chuck Webner. You know, the same, similar sort of style. But Chuck Webner didn't really win anything accolades-wise when it comes down to the big world titles, whereas Jake LaMotta did. But Jake LaMotta was also revered for his heart and desire and determination and everything he did. And they made a movie about him. And although it didn't go on to be a Rocky franchise, 
there's certain characters, there's certain people within this sport at that level where they can kind of become maybe the gatekeeper to, to, to the promised land of world titles. But actually, you know, some of these guys are actually more revered than those that become, say, an IBF champion and hold on to it for three years and then go off into retirement. Like, I'm thinking of just random names here in boxing, like Sven Otke. Sven Otke, the you know, the German fighter, the German super middleweight, who held on to his title for so goddamn long. But yet, do any does anyone speak about him in the same way? Does he have a statue anywhere? No, he doesn't. He's he's not had that cultural impact like the Jake Lamottas and the Chuck Webners have of the world. So what I'm trying to get at, Lukey, is like you get fighters at times that don't necessarily have to be the best in the world. They don't necessarily have to be a, a unified or an undisputed champion but if they bring something to the sport of boxing which is completely different or hasn't been seen for some time and he's, he's really needed in the sport of boxing to keep other guys at the top of the chain sharp and ready and, and, and willing to fight the best we need them don't we we need these types of characters in the sport and I think that's what I'm getting at like Regardless of, of what they do, like you mentioned Gabe Rosado, he's another one. We need him. We need people like him and Wepner and Lamotta and, and Derek Chisora and all these types of guys that, that are essentially like gatekeepers to that world elite level that are needed for guys that become legends in the sport. To, to They need dance partners. That's what they need. And if we don't have a good dance partner and we don't have a good enough character, then how do these guys create their legacies? But I also think we romanticize older fighters like Ernie Shavers is the legend is he hits really hard, but Big Bang Zhang might hit just as hard or harder and people don't romanticize him. I think that there are just certain like we all like tall tales. We'd hear stories of El Kakui. You go into the bathroom, say Bloody Mary three times and then you're haunted. Some boxers get to have the folklore around them and some just happen to be professionals that work a nine to five job. And I think part of what drives us and why we nerd out is some of these folklores around the people that are forgotten. Well, you think about the modern day era now, and, and there's not many characters genuinely that I can sit there and say, you know, I know that they might never be like world champions or they'll never beat a world champion, but they'll always be big tests for world champion or they'll always be gatekeepers in their respective divisions but yet they'll have more of an impact in the sport than what a guy who holds on to maybe an IBF or a WBO or WBC title for a year or two I mean we covered Adonis Stevenson in this series so far and Adonis Stevenson whilst you know we revere him as a great like heavyweight and and he held on to that WBC title for quite some time does he really go down as a boxing legend like Chuck Webner is regarded in many people's minds, to say higher than someone like a Stevenson, whose accolades are, are legit and genuine, but yet what cultural impact and what influence has he had in the sport where it's made people stand up outside of the sport and go, do you know what? This is why I want to get into this sport. Or this is, it doesn't always inspire those people. And I'm not taking away anything from those fighters that come in the sport, win a world title, do well, make a make a good few few dollars, few quid out of it, and then go out of it. I'm not disrespecting them at all, but what what for me as a as a fan first and foremost, 
regardless of, of where people like Wetmaner is at, or a, or a Chisora, or a Rosado, or any of them fighters, they bring something different to the sport. They bring excitement. They sometimes bring trash talk. They sometimes bring actions that certainly speak louder than the words. And it's those sort of guys that, that for me, at times, really are needed in the sport and keep this sport alive. And yes, we romanticise about these types of fighters as well, because who are you more likely to remember in the sport? And sometimes legacy doesn't always have to be defined by championship titles. Sometimes legacy can be defined by, aka, the Chuck Wepners of the world with his inspiration for the Rocky franchise. But barring that, he wasn't just known for that. He was known for his celebrity status. He was known for his uh, outside-of-the-ring antics. He, you know, he was jailed for 10 years he obviously didn't serve the full 10 years but he was jailed for 10 years and then yet again in the mid 2000s he's involved in this memorabilia counterfeit scam and he's then put to the court yet again so he didn't do some fantastic things in his life either he had some bad moments some poor moments of judgment but i suppose that what makes his story so intriguing and so interesting is that there's more layers to this character he's certainly one of the the more lighter stories that we've covered for the darker side of boxing this season because although he committed crimes the crimes were nowhere near as heinous as any of the other characters that have been involved in them or they've been victims of with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus yeah, and I think that like when I hear what you're saying is there's like a level of trajectory of one's career. So like if you tell us you're going to be like a superstar, like I watched a lot of UK boxing yesterday and I saw like four or five guys, all of which looked like they've been raised on Floyd Mayweather and have all these habits. Like there was like a guy named Quib Faziz or something. He's doing the Mayweather thing and it's like this is not going to translate to the next level. Uh, Paolo Ouk. Uh, Ukuso from uh, Brazil or not Brazil, Australia. He was doing the Roy Jones thing. We're lied to a lot, is what I'm saying. We're lied to a lot. So people say, okay, here's the next person, multimillionaire, uh, superstar guy. When someone like a Chisora 
or a Chuck Wepner or a Rosado or one of these guys uh, recently, Luis Alberto Lopez is one of these guys. There's no real push behind them. They just kind of make their own path and they're not sold as some thing. I think that's where a bit of the romanticism is, is there's two career arcs. There's the arc of super hyped, uh, sensational fighter that's going to achieve everything. And you're, you're just not simply as good as them. They're just far superior and you're just going to tune in and piggyback off of their success. Or there's the working class person that's going to fight their way to the top. And I think that we often romanticize the underdog because it's much more likable. Well, I was just going to say underdog is the word we haven't actually used throughout the episode up until now. An underdog story is is what the whole premise of, of Chuck Repner's inspirational Rocky story was all about, is an underdog from an area, a club fighter from an area where the heavyweight champ comes to, to fight the best club fighter of the area, which ironically in this story is Chuck Repner. And, you know, he inspires Sylvester Stallone to write the Rocky character and the rest is history. But there's many, many fighters like that. There's many fighters that are probably better than club level, but are just as inspirational. And I think as time passes, you start to really look back on these fighters with more regard and more respect because they are true underdogs in the sport. They are guys that uh, completely, in some people's minds, will overachieve in the sport of boxing because they're, you know, they're not expected to go on to be a multi-time world champion or a multi-weight world champion. But in fact if they manage to get to sort of the area level, like say the British or the the NABF, you know, then they have done something enough in this sport to get to the expectation level that maybe people around them thought they were going to get to. If they get any further than that, then you're exceeding expectations. So an underdog story is what we, I think most fans, I'm not going to say all fans, but most fans do love a good underdog story. When you see a certain fighter come out of nowhere and on paper he's expected to get completely blasted out of the water by his opponent and then all of a sudden he does something so spectacular that it makes you stand up and go, oh my God, I've just witnessed a piece of history. How many times has that happened? And how many times have we loved that happening? Because it, it has, hasn't it? I mean, Gatti and Ward... Mickey Ward wasn't expected to do what he did with Arturo Gatti, but he did. That's one of the most famous underdog stories in the history of the sport. There's so many of them. That's just the one that springs to my mind. And then you have someone like a Mauricio Lara in modern times where, on paper, before he fought Josh Warrington, nobody really knew him. He'd not had that exposure level to think that you know he was going to be who he is now. And now we're looking at him as one of, if not the best featherweight in the world currently. So there are many, many fighters like that that are coming from underprivileged backgrounds, impoverished backgrounds, and you can't help but root for these fighters sometimes. You really can't, and I think this is what the whole arch of, of what this story with Wepner was all about. He was just a total underdog. You know, he was a Golden Gloves winner, so he was a, a very accomplished amateur, but it couldn't translate into the professional side of the sport the way maybe the expectations were for him going in turning as a pro. And I think when you hear him do interviews and you hear stuff from him, I don't think there were ever really a major expectation from his side to go on and win a world heavyweight title. It was more so the fact that he just wanted to fight for a world heavyweight title and he finally got his wish against Muhammad Ali. So underdog is 
the word underdog is the arch of Chuck Webner's story, and and we love a good underdog story, don't we? I mean, look at how many modern people have made a career out of it. Chris Algieri beats Ruslan Provodnikov, underdog, made a whole broadcast career out of it. Mauricio Herrera should have beat Danny Garcia, gets tons of fights, and it becomes a beloved figure. We love seeing people be great for one moment because it makes us feel like we can be great in one moment in our life. Well, it does, doesn't it? Because it shows you that the average working man, the average working class man or woman can go on to achieve something that seems unachievable. And that is what these stories are all about. That's what we love about them. I love underdog stories. And there's one particular fighter uh, from England, from Manchester, who I know quite personally, and that is Anthony Crawler. He, for me, was a huge underdog story. Like Nobody ever expected Anthony Crawler to go on to become a world champion. This was a man that, at best, could get to British title level, and that would be a hit for him. And then the whole story surrounding what happened with him, you know, he was trying to prevent a robbery from happening at his neighbour's house. He gets hit with a concrete slab. He fractured his skull. He loses his world title shot. He comes back, goes on, and somehow musters up the mental fortitude to be able to become a world champion uh, and share the ring with the great Jorge Linares. I think was an amazing story and a huge overachievement. And, he, and, and you know, openly, that's something he'd say himself. He never expected to get to that level. Never expected when he started his career would get to that level. But yet, look at him. He's a great underdog story for Manchester. He's one of one of the most famous underdog stories in the UK. And a, a truly likeable guy. And a lot of these fighters always turn out to be truly likeable individuals as a result. I mean, there's not many I can honestly say that I've come across where I feel like you know they're, they're not very nice to be around. I'm, I'm sure you might be able to think of a few, Lukey, but uh, there's not many that I've come across that I've been underdogs, that I've gone on to maybe overachieve, that actually uh, are just complete douchebags to be around. I mean, you run into guys, right? Like, um, there's a fighter from LA that was like such a jerk to me one time when I was just trying to do a project with him. And it's like, I always remember, I won't say his name, but he's like a legendary Hall of Fame guy like there's always those type of guys there's always going to be like we have the only fans tv deal so we're doing video production and you're always going to get a little bit of resistance from certain people oh we're kind of bigger than your platform oh we want money oh we want this and that can be discouraging but i mean it it also is kind of it makes you appreciate the guys like arnold barbosa who i think the world of arnold's a big time fighter and he also is probably one of the easiest people I've ever had to do with, to deal with. And I think that's why I'm always drawn to, I don't want to cover a big name fighter. I want to cover the little guy who's actually a great person and help kind of get more exposure to this morally decent person. There's many of them out there. There really is many of those out there. I and mean, sometimes fame and fortune can actually make those individuals change. But I think when you come from that background and you have gone through those most difficult times, majority of those people do end up going on to stay humble and being humble and, and always respecting where they've come from and, and where they've gotten to and, and always giving something back. And I think there's a lot of those people in the sport. And I think when we talk about people in this episode, certain fighters who you know have kind of got that label of, of, of 
club fighter or journeyman or world title gatekeeper, whatever you want to call him, you know, these, these are the types of guys that nine times out of ten are the most humble people that you'll ever meet when you go and meet them in the street because they've got time for people because they know they once started at a certain moment in their lives and their boxing careers where nobody was ever going to look at them twice and, and even think about putting them on a TV show or let alone broadcasting them on a pay-per-view event. And, you know, for a lot of these guys to, to have gotten to that echelon in their careers is huge is huge achievement and, and a lot of them like I say keep themselves very grounded so you know it's good that we get someone like a Chuck Webner story who even now when you see interviews with him you know of recent times he's still always dead humble and I love that and I love the whole underdog story and I love that many of these underdogs who go on to achieve something always stay in that humble mentality and, and it's great it really is it's a great story Chuck Webner's story is a great feel-good story it feels very much like a, a lighter version of what we've done for the darker side of boxing. But because of his misdemeanors in his life, it certainly fit the narrative of, of the difficulties he faced outside of the ring. So it was an enjoyable story for us to cover. A nice little penultimate episode before we go in hard next week with the final episode. And the final episode for everybody listening. And Luke here, I know we've had some discussions about next week's after show following the main show because of the fact that next week's final episode is on Tommy Morrison. Ironically bleeds into a little bit of the whole Rocky franchise, of course, with his starring role in Rocky V. But he had some many, many difficult moments. He had some moments in his life and his career that were very controversial. And on next week's after show, we are delighted to have Trisha Morrison on the show and if you've not seen what Trish has been doing on social media basically keeping Tommy's name alive and and promoting and going to court and trying to clear Tommy's name of ever having HIV or any type of disease that he was told he had in the 90s she's doing a lot on social media at the moment for that so she's coming on the after show in the aftermath of his episode airing on the Monday so Lukey you are with me on that and you guys listening will get to hear her point of view on everything that we delve into in the episode so it is going to be a great finale after show and I'm very excited about it and that is pretty much all we have time for this week Lukey Thank you, as always, for coming on. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. And thank you to everybody for listening. One more final bit of housekeeping. We have been shortlisted for the best combat sports podcast of the year. Please go to the sportspodcastgroup.com and vote for the darker side of boxing. Make sure you go on, sign up. It's free. It'll take you a couple of minutes to do it. Vote for the darker side of boxing. Please help us win that award for 2023. And if you've enjoyed the episode, make sure you tweet us at darker underscore side underscore pod on Twitter and find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and TikTok. Find Lukey at Lukey Boxing on Twitter and ITR Boxing on YouTube. And that is it for this episode. And we will see you for the finale next week. Podcast Network.